It is good. It really is good to be together this morning. Faye sends her apologies this morning. She can't be with us. She's looking after one of our children who has been sick through the night. So we've been up and down the toilet and the rest of it. I'll, I won't, I'll spare you the details. But uh, if you'd keep our little summer in your prayers, we'd appreciate that. She's, been, um, she's not been well for the last three, I think the three, last three days. She's been uh, fighting a, a virus or flu, whatever it is, but uh, we believe in God. She's going she's gonna to come through. But she's quite weak at the moment, so, so Faye has had to uh, just stay home today. But she sends her love and, and her prayers. We've had a wonderful morning this morning so far and um, there's there is a an overriding message in this service this morning um, it's come through the, the the songs that Louise chose I believe by by the help of the Holy Spirit that first song raising a hallelujah in the presence of our enemies and um, then just through that testimony. Wasn't that a wonderful testimony that, that Lee shared? You know, Lee wasn't supposed to share that this morning. When Faye realized she wasn't going to be coming, we just asked uh, Lee to, to, to take the prayer request, and Lee shared that testimony this morning. And um, I just believe what it's all pointing to is Jesus is Lord. And that's going to be the title of the message this morning, Jesus is Lord. Aren't you glad that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life? He's Lord of every circumstance that we'll ever face. He is Lord of all the troubles that we go through in life. You know, the Bible doesn't ever tell us that we won't go through trouble. In fact, the Bible almost promises us and assures us that we will go through troubles and trials. But in amidst all of those troubles, the Lord does not desert His people. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. I'm so glad that God never leaves us. Jesus never leaves us or forsakes us. You know, when trouble comes, when they're queuing up, to meet our little lives, and they begin to hit us one by one. I'm so glad that Jesus doesn't, you know, run off and say, well, I'll leave it to you now. No, He's not a fair-weather friend. Jesus Christ is Lord of every storm, Lord of every crisis, Lord of every trouble, and He sticks closer to you and I than a brother. He is faithful to us. He is so faithful to us. And it doesn't matter what perplexes us or perturbs our mind or causes our hearts to sometimes worry and fear. He stands up within us to assure us that we don't have to be anxious, but we can trust Him. We can, we can hold on to Him. And it's a, it's a sure hope that we have. He'll bring us through those troubles. He really will. And I know there's testimonies all over this room this morning of how Jesus has always made a way through 
the troubles and the storms of life. Do you remember when the children of Israel were at a dead-end point in their journey? They'd been delivered victoriously from Egypt, and then they got to the Red Sea. And it looked as if the journey was going to end there because Pharaoh was hot on their heels. He changed his mind, and he was coming to destroy God's precious people. And they were panicking. They were worried because they were facing a crisis that God was not removing. You know, God won't always remove the troubles that we face. He didn't remove that sea, but He provided a way through it. And that's sometimes the journey that, that we, we're on. God doesn't always promise to remove the troubles that we face and we go go into, but He always provides a way of escape, a way through the trouble that we face as we trust Him. He's a good God. He really is, and He wants us to know this morning. He really does. From the outset of this service and through what I'm going to be sharing with you and encouraging you with, He wants us to know that He is Lord. He is Lord. Whatever plagues you this morning, whatever concerns you, whatever seems bigger than you, whatever is out of control, whether it's in your emotions, whether it's in your wider family, whether it's in your your, your wider group of friends that you you have, whatever it is, He is Lord. And He knows. He knows all about it, and He's going to provide a way through it so that He receives glory and praise comes from your mouth. Do you believe that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give you praise, Jesus. We really do. So, Lord, as we come to Your Word this morning, we ask You, Holy Spirit, to minister to our hearts, to strengthen us. If we we feel weak inside this morning, we've come here, we've sung our praises to You, irrespective of the weakness and the the, 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 the confusion that we feel. Lord, we've come into this place with Your people. And we ask You, Lord, if we feel weak this morning, we pray, Holy Spirit, that through Your Word now, You would strengthen us, encourage us, revive our hope. Lord, if we feel burdened, Holy Spirit, by Your power, relieve us of any heavy weight that's causing us to be bent over by life's burdens. We ask it in this this time, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, if you remember, before Christmas, we started a series of messages that we called Walking Through the Gospel of John. Does anybody remember that? Wow, it seems quite a while ago now. We had Christmas, and then into the new year, we shared our vision. But um, yeah, back last year, we started that series of messages, Walking Through the Gospel of John, and we're going to continue in that today. And we're actually going to be looking at John chapter 11. And we're calling this message, Jesus is Lord, because that's the overarching message of this chapter, chapter 11 in John's gospel. And as I've said, I am so glad that Jesus Christ is 
Lord. We can turn to Him in the crisis. We can turn to Him in life's storms. We can turn to Him whenever trouble faces us with the confidence that He is Lord, with the confidence and the assurance that He will bring us through no matter what we face in life. He cares for us, you see, so much. He loves us so unconditionally that He does not ever want to leave us to just fend for ourselves amidst all of the circumstances of life. If you can get this, if I can get this, that God really does love us. He really does love us. He loves to involve Himself in our lives and be there for us when we are in need. And John chapter 11 is all about Jesus manifesting His power and His presence as Lord over the crisis. John chapter 11, as we read it, we see a family that Jesus loved. A family that Jesus loved to spend time with. And they were facing a massive crisis that just came out of nowhere. The crisis that came was in the home of Martha and Mary. You'll know the story well, I'm sure many of you. Martha and Mary were facing a huge crisis as their brother Lazarus lay sick on his bed. And when they realized that his life was slipping away, they sent word to Jesus. Have you ever been in a crisis? Have you ever been in a problem that seems bigger than you and you have sent word to Jesus? My goodness, I've done it lots of times. When life hits, when trouble comes, it's the first thing that we do. We send word to Jesus. Even unbelievers do it. Oh my God, they say. What is that? It's a cry from the human heart. They send word to Jesus. They send word to God in the hope of help, in the hope of deliverance, in, in the hope of, of care and assistance. And that's what these two sisters did when they realized that the life of their brother was slipping away. They sent word to Jesus. And I'm sure that Martha and Mary were hoping that Jesus would rush in to their crisis and restore their brother to full strength again. This call... This cry from their heart was a deep, urgent call. There was an emergency at hand. They knew that Jesus loved them. They loved Him. They knew that Jesus loved their brother, Lazarus. So they turned to Him. Now, of course, they knew that Jesus had healed so many sick people. They knew that Jesus had healed all who came to Him. Many of them that He had healed were strangers. Many of them that He healed, He had never met before. So was His goodness and His grace flowing towards them. He healed them en masse, the Bible says. He healed everyone that came to Him. And now, Martha and Mary... The ones that Jesus loved turned to Him. They need a miracle. The one lying 
on his bed, Lazarus, sick. He needs a miracle. So I'm sure as they cried and as they called to Jesus, I'm sure that they were confident that Jesus would come. Jesus would rush to the scene and help them and restore Lazarus to full health as he had done for so many other people. But as you read this chapter, to our great surprise and to their great surprise, Jesus didn't do what they expected him to do. Let's pick up on the story in John chapter 11. We're going to read from verse 1 to 6 to see how Jesus responded to this urgent appeal from Mary and Martha. Verse 1 of chapter 11 says this, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for the glory, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. So Jesus doesn't rush to their aid. Jesus doesn't run so that he can get there on time to avert this crisis and to restore Lazarus to full strength. No, Jesus, on hearing the news, stays where he is for two more days. Now, through this chapter, John takes time. The Apostle John, as he writes this, he takes time to describe the crisis that Mary and Martha faced. He gets all of the details in order and in line. As they were watching and seeing the strength of their brother, Lazarus, as they saw and watched his strength ebbing away as he lay on his sickbed, John details that. It's a, it's a long chapter, chapter 11, and it's recording all of these details very factually and correctly. John is setting out a very clear picture about the crisis that Mary and Martha faced on this day when their brother Lazarus lay sick on his bed. And as you read the chapter, it's easy to sense the fear and the despair and the panic that these two sisters had in their heart because this crisis they were unable to change. I'm sure they tried like all of us would to medicate their brother. I'm sure they tried as any one of us would to alleviate their brother from his ailment and to help him 
and to restore his health. But his strength and his life was ebbing away. No matter how they tried, no matter what they did, they were unable to change what was happening before their eyes. All they could do was look on and watch and see his life ebb away. Without delay, they'd called for Jesus. That was the right thing to do. That was the only thing to do. They placed their faith and their trust in Jesus. The call had gone out. The cry had left their heart. But Jesus hadn't come. Jesus hadn't rushed in to help them. Instead, he stayed where he was. And John tells us that he stayed where he was because he loved them. He delayed for two more days because of his love for them. And John tells us, and to us it's a mystery, to us we'll never understand it, but John tells us very directly that Jesus had plans to use the crisis, to use that dark hour To use what was bigger and beyond Martha and Mary's ability to change. Jesus had plans to bring glory to God from that trouble, from that pain, from that crisis, from that dark hour. God was going to be glorified. And that's why Jesus backed off. That's why Jesus didn't rush in. That's why Jesus didn't instantly deliver Lazarus from his sick bed. It's not easy for us to understand sometimes why God doesn't answer our prayers immediately. It's not easy sometimes why God doesn't answer the cries and the calls of our heart. We've told Him exactly what we want Him to do when we want Him to do it. But it's as if our orders have been ignored. It's as if God has backed off and time has been ticking and we've been waiting, but the delay has been long. Can I suggest to you what John is suggesting to us? Sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers immediately. Sometimes there's a delay before He steps in and steps up to deliver us because He wants to get glory from the trouble and the crisis that we face. And this is what we see in this chapter on, in John chapter 11. Jesus didn't rush in to help. Instead, He stayed away. He stayed away and delayed His coming. Now, to these two sisters... If you can imagine, and it doesn't take much of, imagi- uh, much of an imagination to understand this, but to these two sisters, this delay was disturbing. This delay was distressing. They weren't a household of strangers to Jesus. They were the ones that He loved, the ones that He knew. 
How could his absence seem like an act of love? How could it be an act of affection to not answer their prayers and rush in immediately? Most of us in this room, if not all of us, have had times in life where we've been troubled, overwhelmed, and possibly even overcome by the challenges that we face, just like Martha and Mary. Times where we have been unable to keep things together. We may have tried. We may have tried to hatch all kinds of plans to keep things together, but there's been times in all of our lives where we've been unable to change the circumstances that we face. It's in those moments where we, like them, call to God. Where we try and ask Him, plead with Him to rush in. But He doesn't. Where a crisis, like a wall obstructs our way forward. What do we do in those times? Where do we go? Well, of course, we go to our knees. And like the Bible says, we trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. We lean not on our own understanding. In all of our ways, we acknowledge Him because He will direct our paths through every trial, every crisis. And this chapter, John chapter 11, is so relevant to every one of us here today because John is showing us just how life can suddenly change. It did for them, and it can for us. Life can suddenly change. We all know that in this room, every one of us. We know how Quickly, circumstances can change from being calm and peaceful to being storm-like and fierce in a matter of moments. Have you ever been at home and you've decided to have a quiet night? A night where you're going to put your feet up, lie down on the sofa, turn the TV on, You've ordered the Chinese takeaway, and you're watching your favorite TV program, and you're about to take your first mouthful of your takeaway. Chop suey. Sweet and sour chicken. You've got it all on the plate. You're ready to devour it when the phone rings. You pick up the phone, and suddenly you receive a message that you didn't think you would ever hear. And in a moment, in a moment, life changes. One telephone call. Now you've just decided to have a nice quiet night in. Put your feet up. And you're watching TV. 
you're about to take your first mouthful of sweet and sour. And then suddenly everything turns sour. The, the TV goes off. The Chinese goes cold. And you get on your knees and you start calling out to God. Because you need a miracle. Life can change. Life can change in a moment. It is fragile. If you've ever had a situation like that in your life, I tell you, you, you understand the crisis and the heartache and the desperation that these two women had on this day. In moments, their home went from being happy you read about Martha, Mary, and Lazarus in, in the Scriptures, and they, they, they had a, a big heart. They had an open home. They, they were people that loved the community around them. They, they knew. Joy, peace in their home. And suddenly, everything changed on this day, in a matter of moments, everything changed. Life is fragile. Life is precious. Life, life is uncertain without Jesus Christ at the center of it. They were sure that Jesus would come, but Jesus hadn't come. They sent him message. They thought he would come to Lazarus's sickbed. He didn't arrive. They thought that Jesus would, would come to Lazarus's deathbed. Still, Jesus didn't come. Then, at least, Jesus might arrive at Lazarus's funeral procession. Pr procession. He was nowhere to be seen. And then finally, when Lazarus was placed in the tomb, it seemed as if all hope had been lost. The circumstance, the trouble, the crisis was greater than the Lord. What could he do now? There was no hope. There was no answer. Finally, Jesus turns up four days too late. Imagine that. Lazarus, by the time Jesus turned up, Lazarus had been in the grave for four days. That's when Jesus came to Bethany. That's when he met Martha. And Martha... On seeing Jesus couldn't hide a disappointment. She couldn't hide her grief full of pain. She says to Jesus in verse 21 of John 11, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Then just moments after this, Mary hears of Jesus' arrival and she rushes to see Jesus and repeats the same words of her sister in verse 32. She says, it says this, When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, 
she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It's all pointing to the fact that Jesus is not Lord. It's all pointing to the fact that Jesus had failed. Those were the facts, and the facts seemed so final. The facts seemed so irrefutable. You know, today in this place, you can be facing very real facts in your life that seem stubborn, that seem so unchangeable. And as you face the facts, circumstantial facts, troubling life situations that seem as if they will not change, it can seem as if the Lord has failed. It can seem as if the Lord hasn't heard your prayer. It can seem as if the enemy has won the day. But what comes out of this wonderful chapter that John records in, in, in John chapter 11 is that Jesus is Lord. He is Lord of every circumstance. He is Lord of every life situation. He is Lord. Even when we think He has failed, even when we think He's too late, even when we think that things are irreversible and cannot change, He is Lord. And as we'll see, as he declared, when, it, when he said to these sisters, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, will live. Hallelujah. That's the message of this chapter. Jesus is Lord. Now, John isn't saying to us that Jesus is going to raise everybody from the dead. When they die on this earth, we've all lost loved ones. But what John is saying to us is on the great day, Jesus, the resurrection and the life will raise all from the dead to stand before God, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. Hallelujah. Death will have no sting. For the believer, because the grave has been overcome by our Lord and Savior. They were facing very real facts that seemed so irreversible, so unchangeable. And they were disappointed with Jesus. They were discouraged Their hearts were broken by grief. King David in Psalm 102 tells us about a time in his life when he went through devastating experiences, much like Martha and Mary. He was pleading and praying for the Lord to answer his prayer. It was one of those prayers that were urgent. It was one of those cries that had a ring of hopelessness in it. And as you read Psalm 103, you see, or Psalm 102, sorry, as you read Psalm 102, you see that 
David's life was out of control. His circumstances were uncontrolled. And he likened everything that was precious to him to being burned and consumed and being reduced to ashes by the blazing fires of life. I don't know if you remember, but as I was reading Psalm 102, my, my mind went back to the news a number of years ago when they were reporting about fires ferociously burning through America and Canada. And those fires were so ferocious that they consumed everything in their way. And as you read Psalm 102, as I read it just earlier this week, my mind went back to those ferocious fires. And what David is saying in Psalm 102 is my life is like that, being burnt by fire, ferociously consumed by circumstances. Troubles of every kind are besetting him and trying to destroy what's precious to him. Let me read to you just the opening verses of Psalm 102 and you'll get the picture immediately and you'll see how similar David's desperation was to Martha and Mary's. Psalm 102 verse 1 to verse 9, it says this, David speaking, Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my plea. Don't turn away from me in my distress. Bend down to listen and answer me quickly when I call to you. For my days disappear like smoke and my bones burn like red hot coals. My heart is sick, withered like grass, and I have lost my appetite. Because of my groaning, I am reduced to skin and bones. I'm like an owl in the desert, like a little owl in a far-off wilderness. I lie awake, lonely as a solitary bird on the roof. My, heart, my enemies taunt me day after day. They mock and curse me. Listen to this. I eat ashes for food. My tears run down into my drink. This king, King David, lacked nothing. He had everything as a person. He had no want. He had everything he could wish for materially. Money, land, palatial homes, prestige and honor that goes with being the king of a nation. And yet this great man, David, who lacked nothing and had everything, cries to the Lord. And he says, my life is disappearing like smoke. My heart is sick. I'm eating ashes. My tears have become my drink. That's a hopeless picture. That's a picture of a man's life suddenly changing from being prosperous to being very poor. And if that is all that we were left with, we would be hopeless. But David, in the midst of that hopeless situation, in the midst 
of all of his despair and troubling circumstances, sees, sees the Lord, understands that he is Lord of all of his life. And he turns to him in amidst all of the devastation, in amidst all of the trouble, and he stands up and confesses his confidence in God. I want to ask you today, are you willing, in amidst all of the trials that you face, in amidst all of the troubles, in amidst all of the things that you cannot understand, are you willing to stand up and confess your confidence in God like this man did? Maybe that's what you've got to take from this service this morning. In amidst all of your troubles, in amidst all of your difficulties and trials, go home in your room and stand up and confess your confidence in God like David did. Let me read to you Psalm uh, Psalm 102 verses 17 to 18, just a little bit on down the chapter. David says this, And it's a change of heart. It's a change of mind as he holds confidently to God. He says, the Lord, he will listen and respond to the prayers of the destitute. He will not reject their pleas. Let this be recorded for future generations so that a people not yet born will praise the Lord. David goes from, Lord, hear my prayer. Don't turn away from me. Bend down and listen. He goes from that pitiful state of wondering whether God is going to hear to saying, the Lord will listen and respond to the prayers of the destitute. Maybe you've been wondering whether the Lord is going to listen to you. He is going to listen to you. He is going to respond to you. And things are going to change. And He may have delayed in answering your prayers. But by the end of it, He will receive glory out of your trouble. He will receive glory out of your trial. He will receive glory out of that dark season that that you have come through. And all things will be made beautiful in its, in its time. It's still true. The words of Psalm 46, verse 1, they are still true. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth is removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling God is an ever-present help. It does not matter what happens around us or even to us. We place our trust and our faith in Him. John shows us, and I'm going to come to a close in just a moment. John shows us in chapter 11 that life changes quickly. Life changes suddenly, but irrespective of all of the changes of life, irrespective of how it fluctuates with uncertainty, Jesus Christ is 
Lord. Hallelujah. It matters not what comes our way. He is Lord. Martha and Mary were devastated, disappointed with the Lord. For them, He had arrived too late. Lazarus was wrapped in his grave clothes and entombed. But you know the end of the story. Jesus, in His power, told them to roll the stone away. And he called Lazarus out by name. Hallelujah. And out he came, bandaged up. They unwrapped him, and he was resurrected from the dead. It was a sign. It was a sign and a message to declare to all that Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life. And when we place our trust and our faith in him, Though we die, yet we will live. There's life beyond the grave. Hallelujah. That hole in the ground is not our home. There's life beyond it because Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says, I believe it was the Apostle Paul said this. He said, we grieve when we lose a loved one. We do. Of course we do. Life is precious. We grieve when we lose a loved one, but we do not grieve as those who have no hope. We have hope in Christ Jesus, the resurrection and the life. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. We're going to close in just a few minutes. We're going to praise God. Hallelujah. Are you ready to praise God in this place before we go? Lift our voice to Him before we leave this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Let me ask you, just as we bring this meeting to a close this morning. What is it? in your life that seems beyond reach? What is it in your life that seems beyond the reach of God, beyond your ability to control? What is it that seems so final, almost like entombed, Jesus, the resurrection and the life, the Lord, calls it forth today. Whatever trouble it is, whether it's a dead relationship, even a dead relationship, He can resurrect because He's the resurrection and the life. What situation seems far beyond your ability to bring back, to bring to life Jesus the Lord, the resurrection and the life is in this place this morning to take the grave clothes off. Those areas of our life that seem dead, those areas of our life that seem long past, 
He's there. He's here. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, yes, and forever. Hallelujah. And he calls things into being. And he tells us to remove those grave clothes off those areas of our life that seem to have perished, that seem dead and gone. And he speaks resurrection life into those, into those areas. Right now, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask the power, of, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to move in power. I'm going to ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to fill this place, to fill our hearts, to resurrect those things that may seem way, way past and far gone, and for them to be brought to life again. It may be a job that you need this morning. And it seems as if all hope is gone for you to have. What are you hoping for? It could be a dead dream. It could be that you feel failure is written over your head. And that your future is just continually being repeated by things that you wanted to leave in the past. The resurrection and the life is here this morning. And if we will believe, place our trust in Him, confidently expect Him to respond to our prayer. Change will come. Romans 10 verse 13 says this just before I pray. For the Scripture says, whoever believes on him, Jesus, will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. As we call on his name, you're not going to be put to shame. Hallelujah. As we call on his name together, he's not going to show partiality to anyone. It's whoever calls on his name will see the power of salvation in all of its fullness work. We're going to do that right now. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word to us today. We thank you for setting up this service. Lord, to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord, I know that there's situations maybe in all of our life that seems beyond our ability to control. But in the face of every stubborn circumstance, in the face of every life challenge and trouble, we confidently now declare that the Lord will hear our prayer, the Lord will respond. We confidently stand in the face of our troubles and declare that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord over that dead relationship. Jesus is Lord over that troubling circumstance at work. Jesus is Lord over every ailment and sickness that attacks our body. Jesus is Lord. We may not have had our answers to prayer 
uh, in the way that we wanted them. We may still be waiting, but Lord, in the time of waiting, we believe that you ultimately are going to get glory. You're going to get glory from what's afflicted us, whether it be sickness and disease, whether it be um, uh, attention or strife in a relationship, whether it be, Lord, uh, circumstances beyond our control or, or, or fears that are, are trying to break us down. Lord, we believe that ultimately you are going to receive glory. So today... We confidently say, with David, the Lord will answer my prayer. The Lord will respond to my plea. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, why don't you stand to your feet and let's give Jesus a shout of praise in this place as we sing and before we go home. Come on, church. Let's give him a shout. Let's give him a shout of praise in this place. We give you praise. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.